Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and the ass is part of my snuggle. And I'm Avsidensky, and Alex, if you want to give my wife a kidney, I'll let ya. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 5, Episode 5, Lewis Needs a Kidney, which originally aired on October 30th, 2005. Now, uh, October 30th, that's two weeks after the previous episode, and this is the first time, I think, in five seasons that Curb has skipped a Sunday. Like, once they start airing, they go ten straight weeks. So, do you have any idea, why did they take a week off? Like, I tried to figure out what happened on October 23rd, 2005, that would have prevented it from airing. Uh, I know that the former First Lady of Nigeria, Stella Obasanjo, died that day at the 10th oh, age okay. of 60. Oh, okay, so that obviously yeah. explains it. Uh, so, I assume that is what convinced HBO to suspend its Sunday Night Prestige TV for one week. They say that they always, uh, the commissioner always regretted not postponing that Sunday NFL games after Kennedy died. Mm-hmm. And, and HBO I wasn't s- going to make the same mistake. Right, exactly. They're like, we saw how bad, was it Was it Roselle? Yeah. Who was the, the commissioner in the 60s? Pete Roselle. Oh, it is Roselle. Okay, so I was mm-hmm. right. Okay. All right, so if anyone remembers what happened on October 23rd, 2005 that caused Kirby Museum to take a week off, let us know. Yeah, that's very Anyhow. bizarre. Let's go back yeah. to October 30th, 2005, and talk about Lewis Needs a Kidney. Yeah. I have a quick episode of Parents Quarter. Mm. Today, was, today was a whirlwind, as they say. We've, we were told yesterday that uh, there was going to be no busing for school this week, or next week, or the week after, because someone at the Department of Transportation tested positive for COVID. So we'd have to drive my daughter to school every day and pick her up every day. Wait, like, someone whatever. at the Department of Transportation, like if it's the driver of your bus or like somebody in well, the Well, it was very vague. You know, that's a, okay. part of the problem with like all these like reports now. It's like it's very frustrating because because of like HIPAA and confidentiality, like nobody tells you all the information. And like the whole point of contact tracing is that yeah, like everyone know should know who. it was this person and he was in this place. And like if you were like that's, that's the only way for it to work. Mm-hmm. So it was very vague. They're like they're, we're shutting down the. The, you know the school district busing because uh, of you know COVID quarantine for all these drivers now. Then this morning when we went to drop them off at school, we were told anyone who's on that bus is not allowed in the building because unrelated to that COVID case, there was a kid who was on the bus Thursday and Friday who just this morning tested positive for COVID. So they sent all the kids home who were on that bus. Then later in the day, like at like noon, they told us anyone who's on the bus has to quarantine for two weeks and is going to be doing Zoom school. So like my daughter was very upset. She's not going to see her friends. She was whatever. I had to like spend the whole day convincing her it's not so bad. You know, like you'll get to like wake up late. You know, you could just relax. Like you can watch more TV. It'll be fun. Um, and then at like five o'clock, they tell us, OK, we, we like thought about it more and they can come back to school tomorrow. Mm. So great now to... I have to go back to her and be like, so about that, isn't it great? <laughs> yeah. You have to go back to school tomorrow. You lied to me. 
uh, yeah, I, I shattered her confidence in me. But yeah, mm. it was uh, it was a roller coaster of a day, and this uh, you know this virus affects us all. Yeah, the interesting thing to bring it back to curb is it's not a, uh, a chiddush as our people say that there's been so many curb type narratives going on in 2020. But the problem is that this show there's such a lead time between uh, when Larry comes up with the idea, when they write it, when they film it, when they produce it, when it, when they air it. That I don't really know how they're going to get, you know, are they going to show in 2022 episodes from like things that happened two years ago? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the the more burning question that was, how are we going to handle a new episode, a new season of Curb if it should come on while we're still in the midst of our of this recap? podcast? Yeah, I just thought of that right now. Yeah, I think that's unlikely, probably, because I think we would have heard if there was a season coming out in the next. Well, year they're already now. no, they're already filming. But whatever, it'll give us another uh, another ten weeks of this podcast to do eventually. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll have to figure it out. Yeah. All right. Um, we should be so lucky. Sure. Always more curb. So um, we're with Larry, and he's in what appears to be a new office, I think. Yeah. Um, so now this season, he has in both a new house and a new office. And he's calling up uh, Omar. Uh, he wants to get an update on the whole adoption thing. And he, the assistant's like, what are you calling with regard to? And Larry doesn't want to say. And she's like, well, then, you know, I'm not going to put you through. <laughs> he's like, well, no, like, it's fine. Like, I just don't want to tell you. He'll know what it's about. And she like says, no, I need to know. He's like, well, what was your last phone call about? And when she says none of your business, he's like, yeah, you're right. I agree. And yeah. he hangs up. The angry hang up doesn't really work here, though, because he's trying to get something from her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really play to his advantage. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's, you know, he's right. Uh, he should, you know, he has the right to say, I don't want to tell you, like, if it's something personal. Is there no um, sort of like administrative assistant, client confidentiality? Yeah, I don't know if there is. I don't even know if there's private eye confidentiality, <laughs> unless you've signed a specific uh, yeah. confidentiality. Paper. I don't know how, how official any of these guys really are. Yeah, that's what. Well, this guy seems very official. Like he, you know, he's you know, get, Larry has to like donate a library in order to get him yeah. to do his work. He's such a high end private investigator. So yeah, so Larry tries to head out to his car, but discovers that he has uh, locked his keys inside. He calls up Jeff, who's like nice enough to say he'll come get him. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, I don't think modern cars would really let you lock the doors if you have the key in there, right? Yeah, they basically solved this problem. We were actually in Florida for winter break, um, I guess two years ago now, and uh, pre-COVID, obviously. And um, we got out of the car. We were at the beach. We were going to meet like some photographer my wife found on Craigslist who was going to like take pictures of our kids on the beach. And um, our youngest one in the car seat as we were all getting out of the car. My mother-in-law accidentally closed the door and left her keys inside the car. And even though cars are not supposed to lock in that circumstance in modern times, there was some kind of fault with the car. And so it did lock with our baby in the car and, you know, with the doors all locked and we can't get in. And he's getting very scared. And so we call the fire department and they're coming and the kid's freaking out. And the fire department, like, has to, like, basically takes a wrench, like, wedges open the door far enough to, like, unlock it and, and basically, like, damage the car in the process of unlocking it. And my, and my mother-in-law was also, like, on the phone with the dealership, and they're like, yeah, that's not supposed to happen. There's something wrong with the car. So she's like, well, the you know, I have a child in here, so we're going to have to wedge open the door, and it's going to cause damage. And they're like, well, that's fine. That's fine because, you know, it's our fault that you're doing that because there's, you know, it's, the car's not supposed to be locking in this scenario. It's a safety precaution. 
Um, and then when she returned the lease, like six months later, they're like, oh, well, there's damage here. And she's like, yeah, well, don't you remember that phone call we had? And uh, they did not remember the phone call. Yeah. It's also weird that Larry calls Jeff and not his own wife. Yeah, maybe. You know what? I, yeah. I I think Jeff is the right answer. Like, Cheryl is just going to be a pain in the ass about it. Even if she'll, like, come get you. Like, she, like and who the hell knows? Maybe he was doing something yeah, he wasn't supposed probably. to be doing. Not, like, in a really bad way. But, like, yeah. So it's just, like, why? Like, probably. He's, he's Almost certainly. Jeff. Yeah. He, like, he'll come up a little bit late and make up a story for Cheryl. Yeah. And Jack, Larry, I guess, figures in the meantime, I'm going to go inside this jack-in-the-box that's over here, luckily, and um, see if I can get some food. But they're closed, so he's like, whatever. You know, I see there's people in the drive-in lane. I'm going to go there. I'll, you know, stand in line, wait my turn. Um, very funny image of Larry just, like, standing in the drive-in, like, like moving like moving up five feet. Yeah. Av, have you ever done the person in a drive through lane with cars thing that Larry's doing here? <laughs> no, I've never done that. Oh, because I have. And it is a weird sensation. So I don't understand. In fact, in fact I just did it fairly recently because I was, I was walking in my neighborhood and I needed some money. And the bank was closed. And so I went to the drive through ATM and, uh, you know, I just got in line behind a car and then um, another car came behind me. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a funny experience. Right. You didn't have to deal with a person, though, so that's a little bit different. Yes, correct. Uh, once I was in Key West, Florida, and I saw a guy on a bike try and pick up booze from a drive through liquor store on his bicycle. <laughs> that's excellent. Actually, which was a humorous yeah, thing to watch. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, I have a picture. I have a picture on Facebook, actually. Here's my question. Why doesn't Larry, like, you know, he goes from person to person and asking everybody and everybody's turning him down. Why doesn't he just offer somebody, like, five bucks? Like, the first person would have accepted a free meal in return for ordering for a, a stranger, I assume. Um, yeah, also, like, probably most of them would have just done it. Like, he doesn't look like he's, like, a homeless guy. That's good. Like, he's clearly... Well, but he does ask people. No, and saying, they say right. no, I'm no, no, until he finally... I, yeah. I, would, I would expect that people would... Like, one of them would have just said sure, without even offering him anything. Yeah. Um, in fact, the third guy yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Do you recognize Pete? I recognize... Not from Seinfeld. No, not from Seinfeld. But, I mean, I recognize him from Pulp Fiction, yes. if that's what you're saying. Yeah, you know, probably. Uh, what we certainly, I would say, one of the mo- one of the f- most famous uh, movie scenes uh, of our lifetime. It's definitely up there. But he's very much of that guy. Yeah, but like he he he. I saw him and I'm like, I know him, and why do I know him? And then I looked it up. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, because he's that he's guy. Brett. With, you know, from check the out the big yeah. brain on yeah. Brett. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Um, Jack in the Box also gets referenced in that scene because they're talking. He like asks him like where he got the burgers from, and one of the places he at, he says is Jack in the Box. So. Ah, so is this all? Is this episode just a, an homage to Pulp Fiction? Yeah, this so obviously this happens before that because yeah. he gets killed in that scene. So yeah, so uh, I mean, spoiler alert, obvi- by you know, the way. Obviously, well, it's the first scene of the movie. Yeah, what's it called? You know, it's not that inconsistent. I mean, I could certainly see how this guy, you know, gets himself in enough trouble that he eventually gets involved with Marcellus Wallace. Mm. But I'm trying to think the order because that takes place in 1994, and now we're in 2005. Well, who says that takes place in 1994 just because that's when the movie came out? It's a non-linear story, Chester. Yeah, it's non-linear, but all the things happen like in the like not 11 years in the future, do they? Or maybe they do. I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's any way to know. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So Larry, uh, Larry gets into Brett's car. Yeah. So he gets in his car, and they're having some food together. And he's he asks him, Larry asks him, "What do you do?" And he says, "Well, I'm in transition. I used to be in the dental field. I was, you know, working alongside a dental hygienist." He's being very shady and evasive mm-hmm. here with his mm-hmm. answers. Uh, but you know, we ran into some problems, and I'm looking for something maybe in landscaping. I think that would appeal to me. Mm. 
Uh, Larry sees People usually go from dentistry to landscaping. Yes, uh, Larry sees there's like a bunch of porn in the back, but Pete insists it's not his. Uh, that's not his bag. Um, Maybe. And all of a sudden, Jeff pops his head in the window, scares them both half to death, scared me half to death, to be honest. Um, and we cut to the three of them all chilling in Pete's car, eating some fast yeah. Now, how did Jeff know that Larry was in a stranger's car? It's like dark. You can't really see him there. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I thought the same thing. But yeah, I guess he must have just spotted him. Um, yeah. So Jeff uh, tells Larry, oh, by the way, I don't know. Did you hear the bad news? Uh, turns out, you know, Richard's kidney really is a problem. He's going to need a kidney donor. And we see, a, like, a look of uh, of horror on, Larry, on Larry's face. He just, like, turns ashen for this news, like that. This uh, this burden is going to fall on him. Yeah. Now, Larry refers to Jack in the Box here as pretty good, uh, but only one pretty. So does that count for our count? I don't think so. Because oh, okay, it, so. doesn't, it doesn't do with the uh, intonation. You need multiple pretties. Okay, and it needs it. to be, you know, even if he said one, but, like, he, did it with, he needs to do the setup. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He just said pretty good, sort of the way a normal person would say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that counts. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we see uh, Larry's having lunch with Richard Lewis at Leo's, back at old Leo's. Um, I wonder what the uh, current uh, sandwich lineup is. Um, and, of course, Richard Lewis is complaining about his bad luck. Uh, you know, I got so sick. I'm gonna, what am I going to do? And Larry wonders, you know, maybe do you, don't you have any relatives that could be a match? What happened to that guy, your cousin, Lewis Lewis? Uh, and Richard's like, well, you may as well call him Manson Manson because he's completely crazy. <laughs> um, he works at Jack in the Box. Um, Larry's like, yeah, I had the Jumbo Jack. It was pretty good. And anyway, he's uh, my, my cousin Louis Lewis has already declared that when he dies, he'll donate all of his organs, but not a minute before. Oh. So I guess I'm just going to have to get on the uh, hospital kidney list just like anybody else unless one of my friends comes through for me. Oh. And hint, hint, hint. Uh, Richard really laying it on thick. So we're back at home, and Larry is really, uh, he's in the dumps. He's moping. Uh, you know, I really should have chosen healthier friends. Next time there's any sign of a health problem with a friend, I'm dropping them like a hot potato, including you, by the way. We're dropping the whole sickness and health clause from our agreement. And you know what? It goes both ways. You know, you could get out for me. It's totally fine. Yes. And Cheryl's like, well, why don't you just take the test as a nice gesture? And, you know, you know, I guess it's a, it's a decent wager because if it comes back that you're not a match, like you're off the hook. But here's the thing. You can't take that test and get the positive and not do it. I mean, you could, but, you know, mm. right, it's not the right But then thing. you're a much worse person. I, I did the, um, the, uh, the gift of life thing where you get swabbed to see if you could ever be a bone marrow transplant okay. uh, match for someone. Yeah. I did it at a time when they came to our school, and I think pretty much everybody signed up for it, because why not? Because, you know, all they're doing is swabbing, you know, taking some saliva, and no harm, no foul. And then a couple years later, I got a phone call that I was a match for somebody and um, who was in a very ill health, and it needed my, some marrow from my, from my bones. So you gave some? So, you know, at that point, I'm obviously not going to say no. Anyways, yeah. The, the story has an unhappy um, ending. Unfortunately, the person passed away before I could uh, uh, complete the... Uh, oh, so that's a happy so. ending for you. <laughs> Yes, I did not have to give away any of my marrows. <laughs> um, I actually know somebody that had that exact same story, that they were a match and they were preparing to go for it, and then the person uh, passed away before. Now, I, to be clear, I don't know for a fact that the person passed away. Oh, so your story but... turned out to not be exactly true, as you said. It's interesting. Well, well, well. Th- this is what I know. They, I did a secondary test uh-huh. to confirm that I was like a, a match, and they confirmed I was a match, and then they booked me on a flight to fly to where this person was, 
And then they called me a week later. They said, you know what? Never mind. And I said, why? And they said, well, we can't talk about it. So, I mean, I assume that's what happened. Got it. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, it's probably right. Uh, yeah, I think I think you know they're not going to tell me this person died. Yeah, but, or that, or they their health deteriorated to a point that they wouldn't be able to like go through a intense oh, procedure. Yeah. Yeah. So, or, or maybe there was a miracle and yeah, they got totally right. better without me. Correct. That could yes. also be. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll get into miracle cure the uh, the uh, philosophy of miracle cures later in the episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, "All right, fine. Yeah, I guess you're right. I'll do it." And she gives him, like, a nice hug and a snuggle. And Larry's like, why did you stop snuggling me after a few seconds? And she says, well, that's because with you, snuggles always leads to sex. Um, and he says, I think this is a conversation that every marriage yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, I've heard this uh, complaints registered yes. before. Um, yes. Obviously, Team Larry here, 100%. Yeah, of course. Um, and Larry's like, what, what's the problem with that? Why shouldn't it? Yeah. And she's like, well, sometimes you just want to snuggle and not have sex. But Larry's like, I don't see the advantage of that at all. And yeah. she's like, well, you know, it feels nice and it's warm. And he's like, yeah, I guess I could see that. But, you know, so they, you know, continue their hug and he immediately goes in for the ass grab. And she's like, all right, just as like I said, he's like, no, no, I was just, you know, I was snuggling. I was using the ass as a lever. Yes. Um, and she's like, no, she calls the whole thing off because he uh, he proved her case exactly in two seconds. Mm, yeah. So you did not buy the uh, the ass lever theory. <laughs> I don't buy the ass lever theory. I think yeah. Larry was making a move. Mm. Are you uh, are you a proponent of the ass lover technique? I mean, I've never used those words exactly. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I I wouldn't use those words. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we head over to Richard's office. Uh, oh, sorry, we're not heading there. We're just uh, we're we're heading there by a telephone wire. Uh, Larry calls Richard's office, and who answers the phone? It's Mindy Kaling. That was a nice surprise. Mm. I had forgotten yes. that she was in Curb. An unfamous um, Mindy Kaling at this point. Yeah, not yet famous. Yeah, she was uh, very close to I think becoming famous, right? Like, yeah, it's like it's like her second credit on IMDb. Actually, I think her first is Forty Year Old Virgin or something like that. I checked this last week, but I already forgot. Really? Um, yes. Yeah. What did the office? Yeah, two thousand March two thousand five. Okay, so the office was already on the air when when this. So she was a she started as a writer before she was. Oh, was she uh, not in season one? Mm. I think she is. Well, Oh, maybe IMDb lists it from like the. If end you want of a podcast the... that looks up this stuff in advance, you know, mm-hmm. no, you're not going to find that here. Yeah. All right. Anyways, and Mindy Kaling uh, on the precipice of of, of global yeah, she, fame. Yeah, right. She's about to become really big, and obviously, would that go on to Mindy Project yes. and all sorts of other stuff? Yes. Um, and she says, you know, oh sure, I'll put you through Richard. What is this call regarding? And mm. Larry, learning his lesson uh, seemingly from last time says, oh, I'm calling about the kidney transplant. And she's completely shocked by this because she had no idea Richard was even sick, and she starts crying. Um, mm. So I don't know. I guess I haven't really been tracking this. This, to me, is like a classic Larry Davidism uh, that I don't know if we've seen yet, where Larry commits a faux pas, and that is like confronts the same situation again and overcompensates the second time. Yeah. I feel like this is something that he does a lot, but I can't quite think of us seeing this until now. So... I'm thinking yeah, this is like this might those. be like you know one of the first times we see him do this like specific thing where it's like first he's like 
he doesn't want to give any information, and now he just like spits out, oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's happened before. I just, like, it, it just seems familiar. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah. Like, he enough. loves, he, he does like to apply what he's learned. Right. You know, like, maybe one day I can do something like that for someone else, you know, that, that, and then right. when he uh, starts the Kurt. Right. Or, um, yeah, or even is. in that same episode when he gets all excited to use the uh, the, the trick he just learned with the uh, vinegar Correct. and the salt <laughs> right. or whatever yeah. it is. To he, get like, those he really wants to put, like, seltzer. his new lessons into action, but, like, yes. because. Yeah, never because works. he's Larry David, he hasn't quite uh, learned yeah. the proper way. Or, to... or answering the phone, he doesn't answer the phone during sex, but then he does answer the phone. Right. Or, what's if an emergency? Yeah, like those kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so Richard comes by to his office, and he's furious at her, you know, I because of what you did. And like, uh, she's completely freaked out. She's saying she might quit now. She's so upset at me. And Larry's like, you know what? I just want to let you know I thought about it, and I'm going to take tests. And yeah. Richard is like, okay, fine. Thanks. Not good enough. He's like, yeah, he's not very, yeah. he's not impressed. Very ungrateful. Yeah, because uh, like you really should have agreed yesterday on the spot. And Larry's like, well, what if the roles were reversed? And Richard's like, I would have left at the opportunity to do it for you. And Larry's like, yeah, you would have left out the window. Yeah, Richard's not doing a lot of leaping. I think I don't understand why Larry is giving Mindy this all these details because like. We know Richard has a cell phone, right? Because Larry and he have discussed that extensively in the past, right? Larry purchased. Yeah, the I same think cell I think we Richard just need had. to drop the cell phone uh, thing. Yeah, because <laughs> because like, but like, my dad is of their generation and had a cell phone that he didn't often use, and so I would call him in his office, and if his if his assistant said he wasn't available, then I wouldn't say, okay, well, let me tell you a, to write down a detailed description of why I'm calling. I would say, okay, thanks for letting me know he's not in the office. I'll call him directly right away on his cell phone. So, like, I understand calling the office first. I just don't understand, you know, going through with the message. Right. Yes, yeah. Uh, we yeah. I mean, thing, uh, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, That's fine. you know, they, they also, uh, play very fast and loose with the existence of. Mm-hmm. Well, event- eventually, Susie will take his cell phone and chuck it into the ocean. So. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So the phone rings and we all we get is that something that has to do with Pete and Jack in the box. And the next thing we see is Larry and Jeff are waiting at a police station to be questioned by the, the cops. And Larry tells Jeff, you know, I decided to take the test for the kidney. And frankly, I'm wondering why you aren't. I love how Larry, it's like, it's, this is like a very classic thing that I think you could say with like a lot of things, whether it's like religion or like wokeism or like all sorts of things where people are like, okay, I'm here now. Why aren't you here yet? Yes. Took me a while, but as soon as <laughs> I get here, I turn like, around. Okay, and... now I've decided, why yeah. aren't you? You're an asshole for not do, doing the kidney. Um, so yeah, so, um, Jeff's like, well, you know, you, the truth is you've been friends with Richard for longer. Um, and Larry's like, well, what does that have to do with anything? Like, what if like I knew your wife for longer, but you're her, you're, she's your wife. Like, are you saying that I should give her the kidney? And Jeff's like, yeah, sounds great. If you want to give my wife a kidney, that works. Um, and Larry says, well, you know, since I'm doing it, you should also have to do it. And it's becoming very clear that neither of them have any interest in going through with giving the kidney to Richard Lewis. And they both feel like they've been uh, tricked into this uh, or just like trapped in this scenario. Other than like Seinfeldian, you know, selfishness, like, is it so terrible to give somebody a kidney? Uh, and I'm asking, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's probably bad to then now, now you're, you know, pretty exposed that you only have one kidney. Like, it's not like they're young. Like if something happens, yeah. like one of the good things about kidney is that you have two of them, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's like you're giving away your extra kidney to someone, which you know, depending on who the person is, makes sense. Um, you know, there are people that give kidneys to strangers. I'm not one of those people. Um, that wouldn't be something that I would really do. Uh, but you know, depending on how good of a friend he views Richard Lewis, this is the type of thing that some people do. 
Um, but yeah, it's still, I think it's still a very big, you know, it's still a big deal. It's like a big operation, first of all. And you're, you know, as, as uh, Susie says later, you know, Jeff has little kids. He can't just be walking around with one kidney. Sure. Well, that's for, for Jeff, but you know, Larry doesn't really have that excuse. Yeah. But you know, Larry wants to, Larry's, I'd rather keep Larry alive than Richard Lewis. Let's be honest. I think Larry brings more to the table. Certainly adds more to my life than Richard Lewis does. Yes. Okay. We're doing a podcast about Larry's show, not like Richard Lewis's like weird stand-up. <laughs> yeah. Although I did like Robin Hood Men in Tights, where Richard played uh, King Richard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, he has his spots over, but like you know, Larry David, bigger con- contributor to society than Richard Lewis. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, so uh, Omar is uh, happens to be at the uh, police station too, which I guess you know is reasonable enough. Um, and Larry explains that apparently he's there to serve as Pete's alibi for something, and he has to do a lineup. And Omar is very upset about the incident with the receptionist for the other day, which is completely ridiculous that this was, like, elevated to uh, her boss, that, like, Larry wouldn't explain what was on the phone. Yeah, but um, everything with this PI is awkward and, yeah, and, I guess. and, and weird. Um, and Larry's like, listen, I shouldn't have to give her all the details, but fine, I, I agree I won't do it again. And Omar says, fine, I'm going to have an update on the adoption for you soon have some leads and the detective comes and takes him in for the lineup and as they're going in jeff is like you know what you're right i'm also going to take the test so they're both on the same page and larry uh, goes over to the lineup and he picks pete out second guy from the right and the detective tells him you know pete is not who you think he is he's a felon he's also known as peter the peter the torch the torque um aka peter the crybaby wendell the conspirator and Larry's like, I don't know what to tell you, but, you know, I will confirm we had dinner together at 1015 in his car at the Jack in the Box, Jack in the Box, and the, uh, the detective tells them all, you know, I guess everyone could go. This guy has an alibi, even though we're pretty sure he's up to no good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're at the doctor's how, office. And... Wait, uh, how common yeah. are lineups in modern day police work? It seems like a lot of fun. <laughs> you want to be in a lineup? Well, I don't want to be in one because I learned from Kramer that, you know, sometimes you get picked. Right. Well, I don't think anything happens to you. It's not like the, the cops are like, well, I guess you're the guy now. <laughs> well, I mean, there's some evidence. <laughs> they, yeah, they said it was you. Yeah. Um, By the way, yeah. we also need to, you know, Jeff gets incredible come with guy points here for first he comes to the police station with Larry to get Pete. Then he agrees to get tested, to see if he's a match, basically because Larry asked him to do it, not because Richard asked him to do it. Right. Yeah. He's really coming with Larry more than Richard. Like, yeah. He's like he doesn't want to like hang Larry out to dry. He couldn't care about exactly. about Richard. Couldn't, yeah. He couldn't care about his uh, his client, but he cares about his other client. Yeah. Well, Larry's his real client. Let's be honest. As we as yeah. we said before, what is for Richard? Sure, Larry's his biggest client. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Richard's making him you know a little extra money on the side. That's fine. Very nice, Richard. Yeah. Um. So yeah, over at the doctor, and uh, they're waiting for the results very anxiously on the couch in the waiting room, and the nurse comes and tells them they're both a match. And they're both immediately very despondent. <laughs> uh, the nurse is a little taken aback about this, and uh, Jeff Jeff uses the expression "good night, nurse," and they have a little yeah. bit of a back and forth about what you know what this uh, phrase means and what it connotes. So, my yeah. favorite scene in the uh, in the episode. Yeah, it's, it's very good. Um, we see them uh, outside on a park bench. They're still commiserating, to get, commiserating together, deciding how we're going to do this, how who's going to decide, how are we going to pick who's the one that's going to give the kidney. And Larry says, "Why don't we play bingo?" Um, and oh. Jonah, uh, Jonah, Jeff is like, uh, bingo. We can't play bingo. That's like if I, if I said I'll play Tiger Woods at golf. You're crushing me yeah. at bingo. Yeah, I do love how Larry's reputation from the previous episode uh, <laughs> yeah. precedes him. Um, 
And see, they, what they agree on is, you know what, we'll just let Richard decide. Whoever he picks will respect his decision. And no campaigning allowed. We have to let Richard make an unbiased decision. Hmm, yeah. um, so, of course, immediately uh, Larry heads over to Richard's office to campaign. And he, uh, first he interacts with Mindy. He apologizes for the other day. And she's like, so, yeah, okay, fine. Um, if you're looking for Richard, he's on a call. And Larry asks, well, what is it regarding? And she doesn't know, and she, you know, he's not going to get information from her. And she starts crying again. She's still upset about the other day. And he uh, consoles her, and then he starts rubbing her hair for some reason, which she uh, fairly reasonably gets creeped out by. Hmm. Um, and she storms out. She says, I'm leaving. And the first thing they do is they wonder, does leaving mean just leaving, or does it mean quitting? And, but, well, more importantly, Larry says, uh, did you hear about the news with me and Jeff? And, you know, we've decided you can choose, but just, you know, if you're, if you're happen to be thinking about who to choose, um, you know, Jeff is a little bit younger, he's also bigger, so he probably has a bigger kidney, he can handle a bigger load, you, maybe you can even start drinking again, and Richard's like, what are you doing to me? I've been sober for 10 years, you're gonna get me drinking again? And Richard's like, look, I don't care. You know, you guys decide, you know, do whatever you want. You could flip a coin. You could play Eenie Meenie, whatever it is. And we immediately see Larry start uttering the words of Eenie Meenie trying to game out who it should start on to yeah. win uh, Eenie Meenie. Um, yeah, what happened to Ink and Dink? They used Ink and Dink in Seinfeld. Yeah, it's, it's the yeah. exact same scene. Down to, like, you see yeah. George, like, mouthing to himself, like, how are we yeah. going to do this? Exactly. Um, Except that George had Jerry on his side to manipulate it, and the funk man will not be uh, so uh, yeah. biased towards Larry. Yeah, so we head over to Jeff's house, and uh, Marty Finker, Fink- Funkhauser comes in as the uh, honorary uh, coin flipper for the uh, yeah. the big toss. By the way, I love how the funk man says, no, I don't think I'm a match anyway. Based on <laughs> yes, what? <laughs> that's, that's right. He reminds me of people well, I know who are like, well, no, I'm not, I can't get COVID. Which, yeah. uh, why? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but because, it's, it's, it's yeah. great because, like, especially because it's like he could just like shut his mouth and flip the coin and not get involved. But like, yeah. he goes out of his way to be like, "Oh, I have so much admiration for the two of you, yeah. and I only wish that I was a match so that I could be involved." Yeah. And they're like, "Well, you could take the test too." He's like, yeah. "I don't think I would be a match." Yeah. Um. So uh, Larry's like, "Well, why don't we do any media instead of uh, coin flip?" Mm. I don't know why he brings yeah. this up at the last second if this was his mm. plan. Well, because I think he wants to act sort of subtle about it. He doesn't want to let it known. <laughs> right, I guess. Um, yeah. So they have a, a brief discussion about who should be Edie. Um, Larry thinks he should be Edie, and Jeff's like, oh, why don't I want to be Edie? And uh, Larry's like, now he thinks Jeff is trying to outsmart him, maybe. Mm, uh, yeah. But I think because really, I know Jeff, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think Jeff is just like doesn't is different. Like he 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 hasn't thought this far ahead. Um, and they or maybe he has. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Jeff knows what he's doing here? Uh, it's not clear. Yeah. Um, okay, so they agree. Larry's Edie. They go Edie, Edie, do the whole thing. It lands on Larry. They both jump for joy because they both think that they've won, which is, you know, this is why I always tell clients, you know, you need to make the rules ahead because yes. otherwise everyone's going to feel like their position is justified when, yes. it's their, when it helps. So them. in your contracts, you always identify what it means in any meaning. Exactly right. You need to say what is who what is you. You is yeah. you. You is defined as the person who gives the kidney or you as the person who is off the hook. That would be yeah. the most important thing to define in the contract, I would think. I do remember early on in your legal career, I think I was still in law school, you um, you, you sent me an excerpt from a, a, a document you were working on where they defined United States as yes. United States of America or something <laughs> yes, like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was... Uh, gotta yeah, gotta be very explicit. Us, yeah, yeah, the United States of America. Ah, okay, right, because yeah, there was, you know, otherwise there would be ambiguity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what a ridiculous thing we do. 
So yeah, so uh, they both, you know, they realize they've never established who you is. Uh, Marty sides with Jeff here, says you means you give the kidney, uh, which is the exact same ruling, I believe, as they uh, as it was issued in Igadink. And you are out. Yeah. Oh, your your voice is deep. Yes. Oh wait, really? All of a sudden? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, it's not as bad now. All right. Well, that is what it Say is. Say something. At this point. Something. Okay. Something, oh, yeah, something. it's not so bad. Okay. Uh, okay. So Susie hears a uh, whole commotion. She comes running in. Uh, they explain the whole dispute over. It's funny because they, they explain just like it out of context, like the whole like what are the rules of EDBD, uh, which is useful because we actually get we mm. get Susie's unbiased opinion. That means, um, and she agrees with Marty yeah. and with okay. Jeff that you means you are out, like you lose, and that. And then she's like, well, what is this about anyway? And they're like, oh, well, we're deciding who has to give Richard Lewis the kidney. And she's like, well, I'll settle that for you. Jeff's not giving no fucking kidney to anybody. He has kids. He might not survive the surgery. Larry, you're giving the kidney. Yeah. Now, again, you are saying that Susie's an unbiased observer here, but she may have worked this out with Jeff before. Uh, I don't think so. She seems genuinely, like, shocked to hear, like, what like what they're doing here. I, you know, I guess she could. The whole thing could be an act. She shouldn't conflate. Then, well, then you're not you're not even giving the kidney either, because like if their whole plan was to say we're going to play any meanie and and declare ourselves the winner, it's like it kind of undercuts your opinion your opinions to be like, okay, we played this game and you lost, but by the way, even if you lost, we weren't going to give you the kidney yeah, anyway because true. yeah, she you. seems to not know about like, it. That's why, true. That kind of like defeats what you're trying to accomplish there. Yeah, uh, we would have well sounded the kidney, but you should still give it. Yeah, fair. Larry's back home and uh, with Cheryl, and he's, he's yeah. still very upset about the rules of Eeny Meeny. Cheryl is like, actually, I think Jeff is right, um, and you're being a big baby. Um, not nice by Cheryl here. She should be more supportive. You know, even if Larry's being selfish, like, you know, this is still, I, I still think it's like a big deal. She should, you know, just be, be more sympathetic to his plight, even if it's uh, from a place of selfishness. Yeah, but that's a universal criticism of Cheryl throughout the series. So. Yeah, fair enough. Larry uh, says, you know, it's really not fair because I exercise and I ate well, and now for what? I should have smoked and eaten crap. Uh, yeah, it's true, Larry. You should have. Um, so Cheryl is like, well, maybe this is why you were saved from drowning in episode one. Uh, Larry's like, well, you know, if God really wanted to save Richard Lewis, he could just fix his kidney instead of going through this whole drowning saving business. Uh, which I very much agree with Larry on the uh, cosmo cosmological issue there. <laughs> um, Cheryl is like rubbing Larry's shoulders and she's like you know you're doing the right thing and like doesn't it feel good to help he says no I feel awful uh, which is the same thing that uh, I always say to my wife whenever she's like she encourages me to like exercise and then I'll exercise and she'll be like see didn't it feel good I'm like no it felt terrible <laughs> um, she told me you're uh, you're very good at Peloton by the way your wife told you that? Yeah, she says that she. Uh, I guess you did like the oh, same class as her, Peloton? and it showed that your your numbers were very impressive. She said, "I guess oh, so." Okay. All right, thank you. No worries, thank you. You're very good at Peloton. That's what I hear. Everyone should know. Okay. Well, five pretties out of five. Yeah, wow. four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. Um, she's like, "Don't worry, you're going to be fine." Um, I'll protect you. I won't let anything happen to you. And he's like, okay, fine. And like, they, you know, they start hugging and he goes in for the ass again. Uh, she's very upset. Why are you trying to turn consolation into sex? And Larry's very confused because sex is the ultimate form of consolation. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Cheryl could take one for the team here. Yeah. I mean, she's been wanting it from Larry earlier in the season. And now she's like completely uh, shut the gates. 
Yeah, throw him a bone. Um, so se- since sex is not happening, they turn over to the TV and they see that the uh, the Jack in the Box uh, has been held up, and apparently Pete is the prime suspect. Uh, there was a shooting, and wouldn't you know it, the victim is none other than Lewis Lewis who is now in a coma and is not expected to survive. Um, weird that they would put this much uh, information out on the local news this quickly. Yeah. Um, but Larry, what did you know? It jumps for joy. And I don't think we've seen an episode on, of Curb and on such like a uh, sitcom flourish yet. Uh, yeah. With Larry like, kind of like freezing in midair from the jump. Uh, yeah. But it's... that's that's our, our episode ends. Yeah. Not a great ending. You know, what's exciting is that the kidney story is really moving and we know it has momentum for the rest of the season. Soon we'll be meeting Orthodox Jewish kidney impresarios and riding ski lifts and learning about wide vaginas. Um, And also Mackay Pfeiffer is back and promises a report soon. So we know that one's coming too. So I think my favorite parts of this episode is how it lines up for what comes next. But this episode itself is really only the one storyline, the testing for the kidney. Even that, it's really just set up for future episodes. Um, when the Ringer ranked Curb episodes a few years ago, they ranked this dead last. I wow. think that's a bit extreme. There's nothing objectionable about it. It's like an enjoyable half hour, but not much happens. I will give it pretty, pretty good. One and a half for me. It's 40th out of the 45 episodes we've seen so far. Wow. All right. I'm a bit higher on this than uh, yeah. I guess everybody, um, or at least I guess we'll see what the uh, postman has to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think this is like a an obviously great episode. Like there's like nothing like too like memorable or over the top in a really great way. But I think it like comes along nicely. And I think it like kind of like the uh, – the moral dread that we see Larry going through, I think is pretty interesting. And it's like one of the first times we'll really see him go through this. Um, okay. So I like it for that. Um, I still, I agree. It doesn't have like these like great memorable lines or anything like that. Uh, but I think, you know, the kidney storyline is, is a really good central storyline of the series. And this is really where it picks up. Um, so I will give it a uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good three and a half pretties out of five. Oh, wow. So uh, quite a bit higher than you, certainly higher than the ringer. What about who is your come with guy? So I went back and forth here. Um, I think that at the end of the day, the two come with guys have to be either Larry or Jeff. And I know, you know, we don't like to give it to Larry and we often give it to Jeff. Um, You know, they're both at the end of the day, step up to uh, agree to give the kidney to Richard Lewis, which is, you know, about as come with as you can be, especially, you know, with the context of Curb. Uh, But at the end of the day, because he's the one that's, you know, actually at the end of the episode, you're going to be the one to go through with it. um, I think you got to give it to LD. Okay. This is the uh, fourth time you've given it to LD. Yeah, so yeah, so I guess I'm giving it to him like a little bit less than once a season. I'm, you know, I'm comfortable with that. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it to Pete from Jack in the Box. He helps Larry out at the drive-thru. He has a great porn collection. So what? He holds up a couple of Jack in the Boxes. Is that so wrong? Um, it turns out that that even in itself is a, is a real come with move because it uh, takes Lewis Lewis out of commission, which opens up his kidney. <laughs> so, you know, I'm giving it to Pete. All right. Pete is my worst person because oh, okay. he uh, he holds up places and he shot a guy yeah. who's now in a coma and not expected to survive. 
So murder uh, so think, makes you a bad person. Is that yeah? What you're so I think I think he certainly qualifies for a worse person. But I see where you're coming with on come with guy as well. Uh, we could agree to disagree on whether uh, the uh, robber slash murderer. It's all is, from Larry's uh, perspective, right? The best person right? of the episode or the worst person? Yeah. Um, you, you, you <laughs> I guess that's both. fair, right? From Larry's perspective, he got he he hooked him up with with lunch, and then he got he uh, he got him off the hook. Yeah. Uh, from having to give the kidney, at least for now. For me, the worst person is going to be, and this is a three-time winner now. It's going to be uh, Richard Lewis. The guy could not be unfriendlier and less appreciative of his friends who are you know risking their lives to help him. Yeah. Kind of a jackass. Yeah, no, he uh, he should be more grateful. He shouldn't be, like, laying on the guilt on them as much. Like, you know, I, obviously, you know, this is a, a bad situation you're in. But, like, you know, it's a very big decision for a friend to make to give you one of their kidneys. And, like, you should be give them a little bit more space and be a little bit more grateful that they're even considering it. And then be especially grateful if they say they're going to do it. Yeah, agreed. All right, we don't uh, – Mindy Kaling accepted. We don't really have any uh, celebrities cameoing in this episode, so can we uh, go right to the Postman? Uh, postman! Uh, postman, come here! here Tell the neighborhood! All right. We have our first email from William Blake, and he says, Hey, Alex and Av, I'm Will, and I'm wondering what this podcast is regarding. Uh, I, I wonder that myself sometimes. <laughs> um, I thought this episode was well-written, but they could have done more with the felon aspect, like having Larry defend Pete based on his kindness in the drive through Speaking of Larry, standing in line at a drive through is relatable. Just today, I had to stand in a McDonald's drive through near my house because the lobby was closed. Pandemic Larry would have would have been able to order... And avoid the whole borrowing a murderer's car thing to get a jumbo jack. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really much enjoying this uh, the curbside stuff. Like even like some stores where they have you can just like go in and grab your stuff. I'm like, you can bring it out to my uh, to my car. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> when I go to Dunkin' Donuts now, they bring my coffee to my car. I'm like, what do yeah. I need to go outside for? It's cold. Yeah. Um, Larry seeing uh, snuggles as advantageous is relatable, but it is conditionary part of the snuggle. Cheryl has an opt-out clause on a snuggle. She can even – she can exercise any time. For the come with guy, he also goes with Pete, a.k.a. Lancel Stigmeyer. He is a bit mysterious, but overall a good guy to hang with if you stay on his good side. So we're all just ignoring the part where he shoots somebody at the end of the episode. Fair enough. Maybe Lewis Lewis deserved it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. He might yeah, as well have been Manson Manson. He might as well. He works in a jack-in-the-box. What's he thinking? Uh, worst person, he goes with the fuck man. He did Larry dirty. You are out. Jeff is it. Interesting. All right. So we have a descending of take here. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, William also given it, uh, 3.5 pretties out of five. Plus we have a pretty good sighting, albeit a lame one. Ah, okay. Uh, good. So he caught that smokers. off. Good job, William. Yeah. I'm, uh, Will. He actually sends Will. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm pumped for the smokers jacket episode. Sorry. Yeah. His email says William, but he's Will. Very nice. All right. Thank you, Will. Uh, please continue writing in. Happy to hear from you. Um, next up is Zach Brooks, who says, Peter the Criminal looks so familiar to me. When I checked his IMDb, I found his great role in Pulp Fiction. Say what again? Two big issues. Why doesn't anyone care that Funkhauser skipped a verse at EDBD? Um, did he skip a verse? Um, there is a similar thing that happened when in Seinfeld's, like when they're doing the back and forth, he like does two in a row on Kramer. Yeah. And Kramer at first is like going to call shenanigans on it. But then when it lands on how it lands, I guess he thinks he won. And then he forgets that. Yeah. Like Jerry switched it. I guess that a big, was a how big Jerry flaw in that Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Uh, why are they letting Susie determine who is out? She is biased. Um, as we said, I don't think she is because she, uh. 
She um, she ruled before she knew what was at stake, which is exactly how you want it. Um, and then he sent me the IMDb page for Frank Whaley. Okay, yeah, covered, got it. Yeah, he's the guy from the first scene of Pulp Fiction. Uh, Brett, big brain on Brett. Uh, all right, and last up is Olin Allen. He says, hey, guys, this was a good, fun episode. Got little pieces from Susie, Richard, and the Fuckman, strong plots, and excellent interactions. Also has probably the piece of curb that I think the, that I think about the most with the waking up to the drive through fast food joint. Anytime I have to go through a drive through it always comes to mind, but I haven't been brave enough to do it. On a reasonable day, it would be nice to have the maneuver care around tight quarters, stretch my legs, and get away from sitting in the car for too long. Also found the hair fondling by Larry very timely, given who your president-elect is. Uh, yeah, Biden, uh, Biden likes to do that too. It's true. Um, he gives the episode four and a half pretties out of good. Wow. All right. So it turns out that I was not even on the highest end of this. So uh, good to know. I'm right where I like to be. In the meaty part of the curve. Uh, for the Cub with Gal, not so much from Larry's viewpoint, but Susie for finally putting an end to the bickering over who should donate a kidney and bailing out her husband. Villain of the week, despite potentially saving Larry from giving a kidney, still have to be the jack-in-the-box shooter. Yeah, agreed. Me and Olin on the same page this week. We both like the episode and both agree that the guy who murders at the end is the bad guy of the episode. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I respect your opinion. <laughs> All right, Alex. We're done with the postman. What do we got next week? Next week we have the smoking jacket. By the name of the episode, I really don't remember what it's about. I'm reading uh, Larry pays a visit to the Playboy Mansion, and he will run into repeated problems with people who bring items that belong to him into the bathroom with them, which also happens. Oh, okay, so yeah, so it's an exact Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Um, Except I don't remember right. Jerry going to the Playboy Mansion. I remember him um, appearing in a uh, in a Hustler, right? Jerry appears in a Hustler unintentionally. I don't remember that. When Watley takes advantage of him. Oh, he doesn't appear in Hustler. He... The, he the story about him appears in Hustler, doesn't it? Oh, the story, the story. Yeah. The, no, in the Penthouse... Penthouse uh, Forums, sorry. Penthouse, penthouse Forums. Forum. Yeah, sorry, Hustler is like... Is uh, pictures. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm, I'm confusing my... Point. Yeah, you gotta be about... You know, gotta know, you gotta know all about the different porns. Uh, who, who's, who has looked at a pornographic magazine in 25 years? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I'm trying to think the last time I've looked at one of those. Yeah, it would have been in high school, so... Yeah, and back in high school, if you if you when you got an opportunity to see one of those, it was pretty, 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 pretty good. 